The opioid crisis is here and it's not going anywhere soon. It's not just affecting big cities like the city of Toronto and London and Hamilton. It's expecting it's uh, it's affecting smaller communities like Belleville. Just for example, yesterday, the Belleville Police Services, shortly after 4.30 p.m., warned members of the public to exercise caution and avoid unnecessary travel to the downtown core. Neil Ellis is a mayor of Belleville. He joins the Kelly Cotrera show to talk about it. Neil, it, this is such a disturbing story. It's because your paramedic services responded to over 13 overdoses in one hour yesterday. Yeah, it was a pretty hectic day. And, and overall, there was, I believe, 17 uh, uh, overdoses uh, up till nine o'clock last night. I th- um, I think a lot of people pass uh, Belleville by. Maybe they don't stop in. Uh, you know, they're on their way to Kingston or beyond. Uh, so it is just, you know, a sign, you know, that, that you can get off here to go to Belleville. Describe your community for us, if you will. Uh, again, we have a, a beautiful uh, community built on the on the Bay of Quinney. Uh, since the last census, we're one of the fastest growing communities uh, in Ontario, if not even Canada. It's uh, Halfway between uh, basically Ottawa and Toronto, and uh, it borders the 401. So it's uh, uh, consists of a, uh, we have a good industrial base, and uh, it borders the county. So it's a good tourism uh, area, also. Police didn't issue this warning uh, lightly. Why did they tell people uh, to exercise caution? It wasn't just about their own safety. Um, talking to the police today, um, it was supposed to basically stay away from a couple streets, but uh, the press release got out, uh, I guess, uh, what do I say, without being proofread. And um, today we, we uh, the, the chief spoke about that uh, at, a, at a press release in the sense that uh, it was in our downtown core, but one was it was all on one street, basically. And uh, what they were trying to do with that warning is to stay out of that area so we could get emergency services in. But it doesn't read that well. Describe the area, because I understand there's a church in that on that particular yep. street. So uh, it's Bridge Street, which uh, is in uh, basically kind of just in the in, in downtown or, or uh, you know half a block out of downtown, but it borders uh, the downtown area, and uh, it's uh, basically where uh, the food kitchen is, and there are some services there. But um, the church is basically it's been outgrown. Uh, like all communities, or are, you know pretty well much all communities, uh, homelessness is getting worse. Uh, the unhoused is is growing, and when you look at uh, cities like Peterborough, London, uh, anyone you name, uh, have hundreds of, of homeless people. And I, I don't see it getting any better. There hasn't really been a move towards um, fixing some issues or, or trying to do them uh, as this, you know, is basically a provincial issue. It's all three governments have to work together, but uh, mental health, um, doctors, um, and all that is, is and, and homelessness or housing is controlled by the province. And federal government also should be in there. They they uh, hold a, a lot of the money, but it's not flowing down to the communities. Uh, we are spending more of our tax dollars on issues that are, are provincial, and uh, it's stretched. So we look at our services. We've had to hire over the last uh, next three years, um, I believe, 16 policemen. We've had to expand our fire emergency services. Um, majority of calls, uh, police last year were up 2,000 calls. Wow. And uh, a lot of it is mental health. That's a stress. That's a stress on your uh, city budget, to say the very least. It's a stress emotionally on the community, and uh, it doesn't look great on the global scale when you're you know, talking about the, the, a town, uh, the city the size of 
I think it's a thousand people. Is that your uh, population? Or sorry, a hundred thousand people? A hundred thousand? Well, our draw is over a hundred, and our, our population is fifty-six to fifty-seven thousand. Uh, fifty-seven thousand. Uh, we are the hub, so we're surrounded by a, a, a rural uh, community. And our draw in every day would be probably around uh, 100,000 or over 100,000 people who come into our community. When you talk about the homeless in your community and how they've grown, are they local to Belleville or are we seeing um, people coming from elsewhere? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Um, I, I, I'm a former mayor, so I, I did eight years as mayor uh, from, uh, and I left in 2014 and, and was federal and I come back eight years later. When I left, uh, we basically uh, didn't have homeless. It wasn't uh, wasn't front and center, and uh, really got no calls on it. Eight years later, uh, I come back, and there's uh, approximately 200. So, it's grown in in all communities. Um, you know, a lot of people blame it on COVID, but I think it's a, a, a lot of reasons. The uh, number here is about 68 percent are from the area, but that means Hastings County. So that includes towns like Bancroft, Ivanhoe, uh, everything to the north. Us being the hub with the hospitals and uh, and uh, the food kitchens and, and the hostel, uh, homeless shelter, uh, that brings, I think, more people in. And um, with being the hub, um, so out of this, you know, 68%, that would include all Hastings County. And then you're looking just over 30% that are uh, from parts unknown. We're speaking with Neil Ellis, who's the mayor of Belleville. Um, you've been mayor twice of this town. You know, yesterday you said that uh, after downtown core was shut down, people were told not to go uh, downtown because of the amount of people overdosing. You said 17 people overdosed yesterday alone. What's a good day look like? Um, usually it's only two or three a week. Um, we did have a, about a month and a half ago, uh, it peaked. Uh, there was a bad batch of drugs in and we had uh, just over 90 in a week. Uh, when we looked at yesterday's occurrence, we thought maybe the numbers would get higher, uh, but today we've had one, so it's it's kind of calmed down. Other communities that surround the 401 have had the same situation, Tynanaga, Quinney West, Deserano. Um, so the drugs have obviously come down the 401 corridor, and um, it's, uh, it's a, a bad supply, and uh, we're, you know, again, thank God that uh, nobody did pass away, and uh, it's uh, subsided today. It's controversial, but I know Vancouver is starting to supply their um, drug addicts with a safe supply of fentanyl and other drugs. Is that the way we should be going? I mean, you're looking at this from the mayor's eyes. Uh, you're not going to clean up this any of the addiction problems quickly, but you could avoid shutting down the downtown core, I would imagine. And I, I guess, you know, something before, I, I'd, I'd have to look at the statistics on that. I, th I think that, um, you know, has it helped Vancouver at all? And in, mm -hmm. in some of the numbers that I've read, it, it hasn't helped. So um, I haven't done a, a lot of research on that. Um, obviously, it's um, it's above uh, a municipal issue. It's more of a, of a federal uh, federal thing. But I, I don't think it, it's going to solve it. It needs, uh, you know, it might, the, the safe drug supply could, could solve it. Um, but I, I think, you know, we have to look at other communities and see, is this the right thing to do? So what's this doing to your paramedics? Uh, paramedics, uh, everybody's exhausted. Um, I just uh, came from a meeting with, uh, with fire and uh, they commented or the fire chief commented about paramedics that, and even our police uh, 10 years ago when we put a call out to hire paramedics, we had, you know, about 300 applications. The same with police. Uh, right now we're uh, hiring eight police uh, uh, police this year and we had about 30 applications, which uh, that's how much it's dropped. And the same with the paramedics. There's a call out for, 
double-digit paramedics, and they haven't had enough people apply to take the take the job. So, wow. You must be hearing from your constituents that are very nervous. I mean, they've chosen Belleville as a community to bring their kids up in. Uh, And downtown cores of of small towns have always been, you know, the place you go to enjoy a good meal or to, you know, uh, take in, uh, in some cases, there'll be a theater down there or uh, some interesting stores. What are people? You named our downtown. You've been here, theater, (laughs) stores and restaurants. What are people saying? To you uh, as today, the mayor. Yeah, a lot of the merchants are, are upset with uh, what the, uh, and I don't blame them with the, the way the press release went out. Um, again, downtown, uh, we have a, a strong downtown with a, a lot of stores we've opened, um, but it's it's unfair to business and um, because a lot of it is in the core. So what the city has done is partnered with the John Howard Society and we've purchased a, a building. Our hopes are there's going to be wraparound services. The soup kitchen will move there out of the downtown, and uh, the warming shelter will be there. So it uh, that that's the plan for next year or in the fall. Um, that's not saying that they uh, won't still come downtown. Um, again, we have police in the core. Uh, we have security in the core, and it's um, it's one of those things that every community is is, is facing. It um, the issue that I you know have uh, we have a great uh, great MPs and great MPPs, um, but they don't seem to get the calls. Um, speaking with my MPP the other day, he gets about one call a week on on the situation of unhoused people. Um, I'm usually three to four. It's very surprising if I don't get a call in a day. So, so our numbers here are, you know, double digits every week, uh, number one priority or the number one issue. Um, but our hands are, are basically tied in the sense of we can provide more policing, uh, emergency services and, uh, that, but we, we, you know, we don't have, uh, um, the capital resources to, to move to uh, housing first uh, and then wrap them around and, and take care of the mental health issues, that has to be done by the other levels of government. Um, when you say that or when I say that, it can't be a, a, a one-city solution. It has to be an, a whole Ontario solution or a whole Canada solution because um, municipalities, A, can't afford it, and um, some will say is, you know, if, if you do solve it or if you build it, um, they'll come. And, and again, um it, it's got to be every municipality in the in the same direction. And it's uh, you're you're saying that we need more support from higher levels of government. If that's the case, uh, do places like Toronto and London and Hamilton draw on um, you know your ability as Belleville, you know, a smaller place to get the help you need? Um, you would hope not. You would hope that we would uh, all be treated uh, the same as I think there's 400 municipalities or 444. Um, obviously, Toronto would have more numbers being the size, but per capita. When I look out, um, I believe we're around 200. Peterborough is uh, approximately twice the size of us, and I, I think they're around 500. Kingston's around 700. Hamilton's around 1,500. Um, so it's all proportional. And uh, yeah, I, I look at our, our shelter, and uh, we have a shelter, Grayson. Uh, it's a great shelter. It's 21 beds, but it's uh, about $1.4 million a year to operate it. Wow. It works out to about $180 uh, per night. And that doesn't, you know, gives person, uh, people shelters, but it doesn't give permanent housing. It doesn't give transitional housing. Um, and that's what we've got to look at to get them to a, a transitional housing, which they pay rent and, and have services and then move from there to geared to income or affordable. Neil, you got a lot on your plate. I want to thank you for spending some time with us and giving us perspective on uh, the story yesterday and why Belleville closed their downtown 
after 17 people OD'd on your streets. I am so sorry to hear that. It's uh, it's not great news, and um, it's not the first time it's happened, and, and, and you know, unfortunately, it's not going to be the, the last time. And um, it, it's it's sad to say that uh, we we as politicians and and all of us have to work together and and find a solution. And if if we don't, it's it's um, it, it's it's a yeah, it's not good. It's dire. Yeah. Neil, thank you very much. You have yourself a good afternoon. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Neil Ellis, Mayor of Belleville. You know, uh, Safe Streets Act, it was introduced by the Ontario Progressive Conservative Government in 2000. And it solved a problem that a lot of people were having when they were coming into Toronto. You come down the uh, Gardner ramp and you hit the lakeshore and all of a sudden you are accosted by the squeegee kids. Do you remember them? No? Okay. Well, hopefully somebody listening right now does. Uh, because this Safe Streets Act right now is being challenged in court. People are saying it is unfair and against charter rights, and it was put in place to prohibit aggressive panhandling. In 2000, the progressive conservative government brought in the Safe Streets Act. A lot of people were calling for something like this. This is because uh, there were so many aggressive panhandlers around the streets of Toronto It was, um, quite frankly, unsafe. It was unsafe to drive. I remember driving into the city, getting off of the Gardner and being floored at, you know, waiting on the ramp to get onto the lakeshore and having being accosted by squeegee kids. And basically, once you became wise to what they were doing, because they would just start squeegeeing your window with the filthiest of water. And then you'd have to give them money. If not, they could get a little bit aggressive. Once you started getting wise to what they were doing, you would put on your windshield wipers. Uh, violations of the law come with a maximum fine of $500. First offense, maximum fine of 1000 or imprisonment for up to six months of subsequent offenses. Subsequent offenses, if you're speaking English. And uh, it's being challenged right now in Ontario Superior Court by a group called Fair Change Legal. And they say that this is targeting the most vulnerable population in our society for doing one of the most desperate acts imaginable, begging for spare change. But I want to know if you remember what it was like back in the day in 2000 before aggressive panhandling was banned pretty much by this law in the city of Toronto. Hey, Tim, welcome to the Kelly Contreras Show. Thanks for calling in. Hey, hi. Um, yeah, this was back, I'm just thinking, I used to work in Toronto down around Bay and Queen, uh, around 2005 or so. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my wife came in to pick me up after work one day, but she had to go across the lakeshore and then up, uh, Bay Street or somewhere around that way. So anyway, she's waiting on the ramp and, yeah, the squeegee kids come up to her. She kind of waved them away, but they did the windshield anyway. Yep. And then when she wouldn't pay them. She wouldn't roll her window down because she was scared. They started yelling at her, banging on the window until finally the light went green and she sped off. I think people forget about those times. It was it was hard to drive. You were dodging bodies and you thought to yourself, someone's going to get killed here. It's not just inconvenient. We're talking about the fact that someone will get hit by a car and there's a chance that if you're not aware that these squeegee kids are here and you're coming down that ramp and somebody, you know, is still there on the road because they were very slow to get off the road after soliciting for change. I, uh, you know, it can become a, a pretty fatal situation. Well, even in Barry now what's happening, uh, we're, we're getting a lot of it. Uh, they're not aggressive, but they're just everywhere. And on the lakeshore 
by the um, Camp Salt Bay Park there. There's a narrow median strip um, on Lakeshore. This is in Barrie. And uh, at the one light, they started going there and with the sign walking back and forth. So the city put planter boxes there that took up the whole little island. So then they just stayed on the street. Wow. Okay, that's dangerous. Are you still with me? I feel like you're talking still, and I can't yeah, hear. No, oh, okay. No, no I'm, I'm still here. All right. I just heard something going on in the background. I, I, uh, yeah, it's it's a problem, and I think that people have really short memories. I mean, it was 24 years ago, but still, um, they were there. They were aggressive, and they were outside ATM or public transit begging for cash. But sometimes they'd shake you down for it almost. It's like, no, sorry, it, gone were the days when you could, Tim, walk by someone sitting on the street corner that would say, you got a spare change, and you could just go, nope, sorry, um, and they wouldn't say anything back to you. Yeah, I know they're pretty much in your face. <laughs> well, I uh, appreciate the call. I haven't really noticed a lot of aggressive panhandling as of late. I think people still do panhandle, but it's not quite as aggressive as it was back then. The squeegee kids were something else. And this law prohibits uh, soliciting in an aggressive manner and soliciting uh, in a captive audience like people waiting uh, using an ATM or public transit or else you could be fined. But this group is saying that it is um, it's unfair. It heaps fines on people with nothing to give. And then it jails people who already suffered disproportionately from mental illness, trauma, addiction and stigma. I think uh, Robert's on the line. Wow, we got a lot of callers from Barry today. Hey, welcome to the show. Good to have you on. Thanks for having me. Uh, I wanted to make a point. Somebody said it was 24 years ago that this law was passed. Yeah. 24 years ago, Canadians were much nicer people, and we would tolerate a lot more. If this thing was to come around now, I'd be afraid of all the fisticuffs that would come when somebody comes to somebody's windshield. You're saying if this gets lifted. And people yeah. figure, yeah. okay, well, I'll take the opportunity because nobody's going to find me to go back to making money on the gardener with a squeegee and some dirty water. And then you're getting all this. Most of society is angry now. Um, that's a confrontation that's going to be an ugly one. Yeah, you know what? You you raise a good point. I like to think that most of us are good, but I think we're at the end of our rope in a lot of ways. And the congestion in the city of Toronto if people were doing that again, like panhandling uh, at the side of the gardener ramps on the lakeshore, because people are stopped for a certain amount of time, you know, it would lead to even more congestion and frustration and even more dangerous streets. So I don't know how much of a chance this has uh, in court, but we'll wait to see. We think things are bad in the big city, in Toronto, in Hamilton, in London. Belleville yesterday had to close down their downtown core. Police told people to avoid the downtown and uh, warned members of the public to uh, exercise caution and avoid unnecessary travel to the downtown core of their hometown. It was 4.30 in the afternoon, and the reason why is they had 13 overdose incidents in one hour. By the end of the day, 17 people along one street in downtown Belleville OD'd. Just think about that. That's a small town. People move to these towns so that their kids can, you know, be safe and they can afford a home. And they can live in a good little community. Get away from the big city problems. Jim in Belleville uh, called in earlier. We couldn't put him on, but he is with me now. Jim, welcome to the Kelly Cutrera Show. So you're a listener of the show and you heard us talking about the situation in your town. What's it like to live in Belleville now? Well, 
Uh, thank you, Kelly, for having me on. Um, it, it's not just now. It's been going on for the last couple of years. It's just got continuously worse. The, the mayor prior to Neil, Neil, he hit some of the nail on the head, but it's, it's still not covering what, what's going on here. The, the people here are, are being victimized, especially uh, the homeowners in, that, in the area of that church. I live a stone throw from there. And uh, what's going on? Well, we're being, uh, they're trying to break, well, for an example, not even two months ago, uh, my wife was sitting in her office, which is at the front of our house. She works from home. And at 6 o'clock in the morning, somebody's trying to get in our front door, asking to come in and have a drink with her, because I guess he saw her sitting in, like, was when he was walking past. She was petrified. I, I was still sleeping. And she, she yelled up to me. She called 911. They put her on hold. And uh, he was trying to get in the house, and I was furious. And when the 911 operator came on, he was banging on the window. And I basically said, if he breaks my window, I'm going out, and you have a different problem on your hands. Jim, what was it like yesterday? Were you home yesterday when um, a police shut down downtown Belleville? Yeah, I, I, and I, I travel past that church maybe a half a dozen times a day. And, and it's, I can't even explain it to you. It is a cesspool. They do have an open space where he was talking about. Apparently, they fell a million dollars short for funding to finish it off. But uh, the government here hasn't signed off for the United Way to start things rolling anyways. So it's a mess here. And another example, Kelly, quickly, uh, my neighbor two doors down, she had her uh, her garage robbed. They went in there. They stole all her food. She's a single mother, two, two, two children going to school. Uh, stole all the food out of her freezer in her garage. What they didn't want, they just threw on the floor and left it there. And then when she called the police about it, there's at least three or four laws broken there. When they called the police about it, they told her she wasn't a priority. She actually went and recovered her own property at the church. Wow. And so this is happening in your neighborhood. And most people that uh, understand small towns uh, or, you know, smaller cities in um in Canada and in Ontario, uh, they're usually uh, those downtown cores are the prettiest little places. I'm sure when you bought that house, Jim, you thought to yourself, oh, my gosh, this is like a dream. We live in a little postcard house. And now this, what's going on? This house, this house that I live in is 139 years old. All the areas is, is covered with old colonial housing. Mm-hmm. It's the highest tax base in the area. And the church is sitting right on the edge of it. And they're using Highway 2, or which is Dundas in Belleville. Between there and Bridge Street, where the church is, they use our area as a thoroughway, basically. So they take whatever they can. They steal. They, if there's something open, they break in. They don't care. Uh, the problem is that some of the – now they've caught on, and some of the people who are, are taking drugs use mental health as, as an excuse. So they act like they have a mental health issue when they're actually addicts uh, because they can't do anything with them. And and so and my wife's been accosted walking a little dog at eight o'clock in the morning, literally having somebody standing there just ripping in her face about whatever his issue was. And and so people are afraid. We're speaking with Jim, who's a resident of Belleville. They shut down the town, uh, the downtown core where he uh, actually lives yesterday because they had 17 overdoses, 13 of them in one hour. The paramedics had to call in extra services from elsewhere. 
They were overwhelmed. Police services were telling people not to go downtown. Jim, we spoke to the mayor of Belleville. He said we need other levels of government to help out. Would you agree that that needs to happen and soon? I, I agree. I think there needs to be, uh, I think they need to arrest and put people into treatment programs and give them some kind of hope in the future to have a normal life. Because what they're doing right now and keeping them high and giving them drugs or doing whatever, what they're doing is they're taking the, the legal drugs that, are, that they're being given, they're selling them to get the harder drugs. And that's another problem that they're having. So these, these uh, the people who are, are the bleeding hearts, and I'm going to just say it the way it is, they're not doing anybody any favors at all. I can hear the frustration, Jim, and I understand. Uh, you you moved into this little beautiful community, uh, you know, and, and you think you're building a, ho- a home for your family, and you are, and then the neighborhood changes, and not for the better. It's a big problem. The opioid uh, crisis is real, and you're experiencing it, and you're not alone. There are other communities that are dealing with what you're dealing with, uh, but 17 overdoses is ridiculous. The police can't protect us, so I'm at the point of where now, if somebody tries to get in my house again, third time you're out. I'm, I'm going out, and I have to take care of it myself. But the problem is, if I do that, and when I do that, because I will, I'm going to be the one who gets in trouble. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, cooler heads will prevail, Jim. Really, do lean on the, you know, I hope that aid comes my your way. I'm afraid, Kelly. My wife's afraid I to believe live it. in her own home. Okay, so I, I can't. I, I'm the protector of our household as long as I can be. If the police can't protect me, I have to protect myself and my family. You're at your wit's end. I get yeah. it. I'm sure a lot of people would, would be with you on that, but I, I really would hate to see something happen to you in the future that yeah. would change the you know the course of your life, Jim, because you were Absolutely. feeling like you had to keep your family safe. Thank you very much for calling in and, and for you know offering up uh, your opinion. Thank you. Have a great day, Kelly. All right, you too. Jim in Belleville. Boy, oh boy.